lazy, entitled, selfish. Those are just some of the things people are calling the millennial generation. But are the stigmas true? We're the Adkins. We are a millennial couple, and this question is something that we have become obsessed with finding the answer to. We admit that our generation has some flaws, but it's time we stop just accepting that's the way it is and start doing something about it. We have been on a mission to pursue our God-given purposes, and we are sharing that mission in real time. Through this podcast, our goals are to help you realize that you have a unique purpose, give you the tools to discover what that purpose is, and challenge you, millennial or not, to rise up and live out every day being the person that God has designed you to be. If we do these things together, we truly believe that we will be able to break the stigmas of millennials and shift the narrative of our generation. We won't just be a force for good, but we will be trailblazers for the generations to come. Are Are you ready ready to start your mission? Hello, everyone. Hello. We are excited about this episode because it kind of is embarking on a new journey for us. If you haven't seen the announcement on Instagram... We have decided to do a series, and we're not sure how long this is going to be for maybe a few months, maybe it'll stick, we're not sure. Um, But we've decided to do a series on parenting every Thursday. So Tuesday will be our normal episodes, uh, debt updates, interviews, life updates, the random stuff that we talk about, the millennial mission stuff. And then also we're adding on Thursday, so we're going to have two episodes a week, shorter segments um, that have to do with parenting. And this came about because we were talking a lot about parenting within our episodes and we realized that a lot of millennials, our parents, are becoming parents, um, were parents, so it's just like a part of our lives. And But also, not all of our listeners and not all millennials are, so we just kind of wanted to separate it um, and also just on our our interviews that we've been on for other podcasts and articles I've been writing, it's been geared a lot more toward parenting. And Mm so we just have a lot of different content on parenting. And so we're going to see how this goes. Do you have anything you want to say? And we just don't want the generation that is lazy, entitled, selfish brats to raise another generation of lazy, entitled, and selfish brats. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, We now, again, just like the rest of our podcast, We're not coming from a place of parenting experts. So those of you that know us in real life and know our kids, you know. They're probably like, why are you guys talking about parenting? (laughs) Um, Just kidding. I'm a professional. I have a doctorate in this. (laughs) We say this about everything we talk about. As you guys know where we started from, the Adkins Highlight Real, R-E-A-L. We're sharing real life, real struggles, everything. And we're not experts we're just sharing our life with you guys and what god is teaching us through that and what we're learning through that and we're trying to be better and to raise a family that's better and to empower our listeners and our generation to rise up and be the people that they're called to be so through that include your kids you know (laughs) include your kids yeah we're not perfect we're going to mess up. We're going to say things that aren't perfect, but we always come up from a place of trying to be better and learn and grow. And so we hope 
that you find some of this stuff helpful. Hey, put your nose back in the corner. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no kids down here. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. That being said, our first parenting segment, we have a whole bunch lined up, and I'm excited about them. But I figured I would start with an article that I had the opportunity to write for christianparenting.org. I'm going to share the link to the article in the show notes, and I'm going to share their whole website. It's so good. It's so good. And the thing that I love about Christian parenting is their like little motto is Christian parenting perfectly imperfect. So tell mm. me that doesn't fit perfectly with what we talk about, because we always talk about the imperfections. And I love that. So it's just um, different blog posts. They have a store. They have an about page, so you can see what they're about. Um, but it's a really cool kind of ministry, and I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to write for them. Yeah, and I haven't said this publicly yet. I've told you personally, but you did a really good job writing that article, babe. Oh, thanks. I read it twice. Wow. That's impressive. On the website. I think I read it before you submitted it, too, so the three times. Wow. Okay. So the title of this, and I'll, like I said, I'll share this, so this is going to be a short segment, but we should be letting our kids face rejection early on. Sounds harsh, right? Does it sound harsh? Not to me. Okay. It can sound harsh, <laughs> yeah. and even, like, my mom heart, like, I talk about in the article, and I don't want to completely spoil the article because I want you guys to read it and go check out their site. And by the way, we're not affiliated with them any other way than I wrote for them. They don't pay us. They, they we don't get compensation at all. You know, from them. This is just they're just a cool site. Anyway, I don't even know. It's just like as parents, I think. Moms especially, we want our kids... want to protect them. We want to protect them, and we want to protect their hearts, and we want to protect their feelings, and we don't want to see them get hurt. And that's good. We're supposed to be nurturing, and we are supposed to protect them to a certain degree. But in my mind, it can go too far to the other extreme, Mm -hmm. and we protect them too much. Eighth place trophies. Yeah, and then that's when kids start to become entitled or when things do get hard they're not used to it so they start quitting they don't know how to handle it they don't know how to handle it it's just so you it's about finding that balance or they even develop fears right definitely and this was starting to happen kind of i share a story about liberty in the article about um her like wanting to make friends and then me kind of kind of wanting to protect her because you know sometimes kids are mean and sometimes parents are weird like a lot of the times now because parents are so weird and especially with coronavirus it's like oh do you want to play with me and they're like no you're not allowed and that even that kind of awkward stuff that can be crippling to people if it's not something that they're exposed to right i think there's other ways you mentioned briefly at the beginning of the article that we try to protect them physically too and when you said that, it made me think about even when our kids were first young, especially Carter. Like Carter's very active. Yeah. Very active kid, and he always wanted to climb things. I remember him wanting to climb, like, your parents' steps, and he wanted to get up on things. And 
I noticed that just by observation that some parents wouldn't let their kids climb on things. They say it's too dangerous and all of these things. And I was like, we need to expose him to these types of even physical challenges. Like, let's see what he can do. And so we'd let him climb the steps. It's not like we're sitting back on the couch eating Cheetos while we're not watching him climb steps. Like, we walked up the steps with him, but let him do as much as he could on his own. Yeah. And we've let our kids do that on playgrounds, on just different things, even physically. And I think that that has worked out, you know, as an experiment at the time now pretty well like carter's pretty fit he's active he climbs he, he does well he's with tough too and he's like, tough because he's, he's crying, fallen yeah you know he is actually hurt right yeah and we did like, the same thing with liberty like even this this past week in her soccer game like for a little girl playing in a, like a co-ed kindergarten soccer like she's in there mixing it up pushing people bumping around with the boys or some some of the other girls are just kind of standing off even some of the yeah, some and of some of the and some of the little boys are I, I just kind of stand off yeah some of that's yeah i would think that's personality too but she also got knocked over and some kid landed on her face and she got up and she's hurt and stuff and a lot of times kids would just come out or whatever but she was like no i want to keep playing she like just kind of gritted it up and went back out and played yeah yeah so i think sometimes like if you want to use the analogy of falling like it hurts for us to see our kids fall and get hurt whether that's like a metaphor or whether it's actually them physically falling or them falling away from god um but we've talked about this in previous episodes too even if it is falling away from god you i think that sometimes we can shelter our kids so much and we can give them comfort so much that rather than them going to God when they're struggling or mm-hmm. when they need comfort, because really that's when we grow close to God. Mm-hmm. Think about all. Think about any time that you have had a hardship, a death, a loss, some type of a grief, um, financial struggles. Think about back to that time. Did that time bring you closer to God? Maybe initially you were angry at God, but I feel like it's in those pits where we have to cling to him. Right. And that's when we find out who he truly is. So if we as parents try to be our kids' saviors, then we are ruining it for them. And they're not finding out who the real savior is. Right. Because if we protect them, real life can be brutal. Yeah. There's lots of failure and rejection in real life. And if we try to put them in this little bubble that isn't real life, then they are not going to know what to do when they do get rejected, when somebody is mean to them at school, mm-hmm. when they do fall down, when they do lose a game or get a bad grade on a paper or test or whatever at school. Yeah, They need to know how to handle those situations. And I think the great thing one of the things you point out in the article is exposing them to those early yeah so they can even face smaller rejections so those bigger rejections aren't maybe even as hurtful because they're because they're kind of they get used to knowing what to do how to face it yeah yeah i think that's and that's why the argument just along with the millennial stigma things that we talk about sometimes we joke around and people joke around about like the eighth place trophies but 
honestly, giving your kid a trophy for not accomplishing something is kind of putting them in a bubble and protecting them from the truth, the failure of not get, actually earning the reward of either a championship trophy or being, you know, the one of the better kids in that on that team in particular that worked hard to earn that spot Mm -hmm. too yeah i think that rejection i kind of want to end on this and just say that rejection is a really good character builder if we let it be for us and for our kids even as adults i think a lot of us are afraid of rejection and i would say even up until i don't know two or three years ago still it's hard it's uncomfortable um but now like I kind of lean into rejection because, you know, I've done sales for some time and I know like every no is one no closer to the next yes. Um, So, but also rejection is a good character builder. It's okay to be told no. Rejection is not failure. Rejection doesn't mean that, you know, that's the end all be all and it cripples you. It just makes you a stronger and better person and it teaches you perseverance. It teaches you how to be a person of character and keep pushing forward. And one thing just to add to that too, I think that we have, one of the things, I remember reading this somewhere, I don't remember where I read it, but it was talking about how a lot of parents, um, what's, uh, not portray, but uh, I'm losing my word i can't think of the word i don't know but project oh project (laughs) they project their fears their own fears onto their kids too so people that may have a fear of speaking in public or uh things like that they will project that onto their kids and even just through your kids observing your own fears so we have to be careful about what we're letting what what we're projecting but even just what we're our kids are observing yeah in us as fears and so i we have always tried to put our kids in situations too to make it seem like it, it's okay to like pray for the whole family with 20 people there yeah or dance right, in front of other people or play in front and talk and i think I had a huge fear of that when I was a kid, and I don't know where... It, what, praying in front of people? No, just being in front of people, period. Oh, me too. My first basketball game I ever played in, my parents can tell you, I hyperventilated yeah. the first basketball game because I was just so scared. And that carried through with me for a long time. Yeah. And I never wanted that our kids to have that. And our kids go out and play, and they don't care. Oh, they don't. I mean, even if, for me, like, I had great parents. I don't know what happened to me. But, like... Even when you and I were married, like, I didn't want to pray in front of you because I don't like, and now we're podcasting and stuff, but like that stuff crippled me. Um, And you're right. Like if I, if that's not something that I was willing to overcome, I could have easily projected that onto Carter and Liberty and been like, oh, it's okay. If you don't, if you don't want to pray in front of people because you're not comfortable, um, that's okay. But instead you don't even make it like, it's like a non-issue. It's just like. Hey, you want to say the prayer? And it's right. It, it's just like yeah. normal to them. If you don't project that it's even something, if you don't even put it in their mind that it's something to be fearful of. Right. And right. if it is something that they're just naturally fearful of, then you just keep help, having them work on it. 
yeah, anyway, we're kind of going off. Face, face through it. So I would say it's not just exposing your kids to rejection and failure. It's also being mindful of what they're observing in you as well. Yeah. So it's not just what they're themselves personally being exposed to, but also what they're observing in you and things that you're afraid of or things that make you timid or aren't willing to take risks or put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so there were three lessons that I wrote in the article that rejection can teach our kids. And really, I think that that's just three of very, very many. And it's really situational, too. I'm not. I'm going to just say them and do like a brief explanation. Um, but these three really tied to the story that I told in the article. So um, if you're interested, you can click that link in our show notes. But I said that rejection teaches them empathy. And an example of that is just we can sometimes, as humans, in the busyness of life, easily reject other people and not even think twice about it. Even if it's, um, sometimes it's legitimate, but like declining a phone call or no, we can't come over. But it, but if you're cold about it, it can be hurtful to someone, um, And until you're on the flip side of it, like, wow, that person was just, like, really a jerk about the way that they said that to me. You really looked at me intensely when you (laughs) said that person is really a jerk. (laughs) No, you're not a jerk. Um, You don't really think about it. Sometimes you're cold and you don't even realize it until somebody has rejected you in that way. So I think sometimes facing rejection teaches us empathy because rejection is painful sometimes and it does make us feel not comfortable and so when we face it we can think wow I really didn't like that that doesn't mean it's going to cripple me or I'm going to quit because of it but if I'm ever in the situation where I have to reject somebody I can be more empathetic and do it in a kinder way or just be more considerate does that make sense yep okay So, second one is rejection teaches them bravery. Do you want to talk about this one? I think we kind of did talk about it. It's just, it teaches them to be brave. It builds up those muscles of, of once they get used to it and they realize it's not really that bad, then they become more brave to go and approach the next risk, the next uncomfortable situation of going to talk to a stranger um, ask somebody for something or uh, even do something physical that might seem like it's a little bit challenging or yeah. scary or something like that. And here's the bottom line. Rejection is inevitable. We're all going to face it at one point mm-hmm. or another, Whether whatever it is. It could be a job offer or asking somebody to be your friend, asking somebody to marry you. I don't know, but it's inevitable. We're all going to face it. It's just a natural part of life. And so... By letting our kids be exposed to this early on, kind of like you said with talking in front of people, it just teaches them bravery and it teaches them that it's unavoidable. And so instead of them trying to avoid it because it's uncomfortable, they just know, oh, this is just a part of life and it's okay to be rejected. That doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Um, and most of it really isn't that bad. Right. It's not, the end, yeah, it's not the end of the world. And if we lean into it, those are often the times when we grow. So if we're not leaning into the difficult or the hard times or the scary times, we're not really ever growing because we're just kind of avoiding all of the points in our life that 
give us lessons or teaching teaching moments. Right. So teaches them to be brave. And then um, rejection teaches them confidence in who they truly are. And this is my favorite one because it's something I struggled with for so long. And you guys know this, but I just like had an identity issue. Like my identity was in social groups or my friends. Well, that's kind of the same thing. Or my job title. And if I was ever rejected by somebody, whether it be a a boy that I liked when I was younger or people at work. Better be when you were younger. (laughs) I felt like, oh, I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't even know who I am. But the reality is that we are not, our identities lie in one thing and one thing alone, and that's in Christ. And so, at the end of the day, we could be totally beaten down by the world and rejected ten times in a day. And yeah, that sucks. That really does suck. But our worth does not lie in earthly things. It, our worth is in Christ. And our, de- our identity is in Christ. So even though rejection can make us feel like we're lacking and we're inadequate or we're an outcast when we do get rejection, rejected, um, if you know where your identity is and who your identity lies in, then it's really not that big of a deal. Right. Right? Yeah. No, it helps you to push through and realize that he, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there. The low times, the high times. Yeah. You always have him to lean on and you know where you stand in his eyes. And there is a confidence that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we should be teaching this to our kids. We should be teaching our kids when they're feeling um, left out by friends or whatever it is that they're facing. That that's a normal part of life and that those times we should be directing them to lean into God because then they wouldn't feel so alone and they wouldn't feel the gra- such gravity and a, a, another little person rejecting them because they right. would know that God loves them. And that sounds silly, but that's really, I mean, there have been times where in my adult life where I'm like, dude, I feel like everyone hates me. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. But that's it's in those moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm a child of God. I am not perfect, but God loves me and I can be better and I can do better and I can move forward. So if we teach them these lessons early on when, when it's not so serious, which actually it is serious to them because to them, that is the biggest thing in the world. Um, but they learn where their identity lies. And I think that's the most important thing. If we're raising God-fearing kids who know where their identity lies early on, then we're going to raise God-fearing humans and adults who can fearlessly pursue hard things in life and be people of character and integrity. So, And that's ultimately what we want to um, teach the next generation. Right. Well said. Well, that is it for this episode a little longer than we thought but we're working on it so um hope you guys enjoyed this we are going to be doing parenting episodes every thursday for we don't know how long 
but we will see. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you guys soon. All right. Cue the outro. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening this week. Our episodes come out every Tuesday, so be sure to hit that subscribe button to get notified as soon as they release. If you want to stay in the know with all of the exciting things that we're working on, or you want to have our episodes emailed to you each week for easy access, head to millennialmission.co. The link is also in the show notes. Enter your name, email, and hit subscribe. Catch you next week.